when God used the word grace, he used the word love. So you always want to understand that. When he used the word grace, he used the word love. So when God said God, grace is sufficient, he's really just talking about his love is sufficient. Some, so you got to understand what God's grace is. So say that with me. God's grace, God's grace is God's love. God's right. And we're going to see uh, the, other, the other word that's going to come for. Let me, let me give you my subject before I get too far here. Uh, let's, let's go into 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to be reading verse 17 through 24 for our subject. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians, I'm reading out the King James. Oh, let's not say something different. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 17 and verse 24. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 24. And we're going to start reading verse 17, right? 2 Corinthians 1, 17 through verse 24. Going to come back to you. 2 Corinthians 1, 17 through 24. Matter of fact, let's back up to 15. Let's back back to verse 15 out of the King James Version. All right, verse 15 says, And in this confidence, Paul is talking about, I was minded to come to you before that you might have a second benefit and to pass by you into Macedonia and to come again out of Macedonia unto you and uh, of you to be brought on my way towards Judea. But when I was there for, was thus minded, yet I used, did I use lightness or the thing that I purpose? Do I purpose according to the flesh that with me there should be yea, yea, and nay, nay? Uh, but as God is true, our word toward you was not yea and nay. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you was by us, even by me and Savanus and Timotheus, was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. And now he's going to say something that I'm going to read this same thing out of the uh, the Christian standard of the Bible in just a moment. Verse 20 said, for all the promises of God in Christ or in him are yea. And in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Now he which establishes us with you is in Christ and has anointed us as God who has also sealed us and given us the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. All right, so I want to read that same thing out of the Christian Standard Bible, which we have not done before, so uh, I, I don't know that I give you a chance to bring it up back there, but I'm just going to read it. Uh, and that's going to be Philippians. Did I say that? Second Corinthians, I'm sorry. Chapter 1, chapter one and verse 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 15. I, I didn't tell them about bringing that up back there, so I hope you got it on your uh, system back there. I know you got it, but I should have told you before. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, we're going to start off with verse number 15. Oh, okay, they already got it. Hallelujah. 
Now, verse 15 said, because of this confidence, I plan to come to you first so that I, so that you could have a second benefit and to visit you on my way to Macedonia and then come again to you from Macedonia and be helped by you on my journey to Judea. Now, when I planned this, was I of two minds or what I planned, do I plan in a purely human way so that I can say yes, yes, and nay, nay, or no, no? At the same time, as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you, Sylvanus and Timotheus and I, did not become yes and no. On the contrary, in him, it is always yes. Say that with me. It is always yes. Say, in Christ, it's always yes. All right. He so. Our message on the contrary in him, it is always yes. Every one of God's promises is yes. Every one of God's promises is yes. In him, therefore, through him we also say amen. Let me say it again. On the contrary, verse number 19 ends out, says, in him it is always yes. Verse 20 says, every one of God's promises is yes in him. Therefore, through him we also say amen. So since God, all of God's promise is yes, so we also say amen to the glory of God. Now it is God who strengthens us together with you in Christ and who has anointed us. He has also put his seal on us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a down payment. Now that word down payment means a down payment on everything he has fulfilled. I know the, the Bible says everything he has promised, but not everything he has fulfilled. Now, what God did was came and fulfilled everything that he promised. I just want to make sure you understand that God does not have promises that he have not fulfilled. Because what, what, what happens is we still think that God owes something, having given us something. So let me read that out of the King James one more time in verse number 20. 2 Corinthians 20, 20 out of the King James. And I want to make sure we really understand this. It says all the promises of God in Christ is already yes and amen. Say that with all the promises of God in Christ are yes. So I say amen. Right. So we are not trying to get God to do nothing no more. Now, most Times when I hear people say this, it's like God is going to do what he promised. 
If you believe God going to do what he promised, then you don't, your faith is no good. When you hear that message today, you understand what I mean. I'm going to talk about today the purpose of the faith. See, God gave us his faith. I want to talk about the purpose of the faith. See, God gave you the kingdom. Gave you righteousness, gave you peace and joy, Romans 14, 17. So you saw the ministry of the Holy Spirit, ministry of the Son, ministry of the Father. The Father, God gave us his righteousness, gave us his peace, and gave us his joy. You see the Trinity. So we have to understand that it's nothing that God didn't give us. So let's show you, let's show you another one uh, in, 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 in uh, Romans chapter 15 and verse 8 and verse 9. Let me show you a scripture that, that I used already. It was Romans chapter 15 verse 8 and 9. Then I'm going to go over to Ephesians. Now I'm, I'm talking about the purpose of the faith. And I want to show you first of all is that the gospel is the faith. I want to show you, but you got to have the purpose of the faith. Now God gave you the spirit of faith, and he gave you his love. And so you have to understand when he gave you faith and gave you love, then you got to understand how to operate in the things of the spirit. So when I talk to you all the time, if I had to, I, I wish I could name this something like learning how to drive, learning how to live, in the spirit, you know, but I want to teach you on the purpose of the faith, but you got to understand, you got to learn how to, how to, how to operate in the things of the spirit. And I have found out that not many people know how to operate in the things of the spirit. I'm going to give you an example. A battery has two components that make it work. So when you look down at a battery in your car, there's a side that has the power. And there's a side that has the igniter. One is called charger, the fire. You got the red. So if you got a car and you get out going to charge your battery, you got to understand one side has a red wire run to it, letting you know that's the power. Then there's another side that you have to ground. Now everything man learns, he learns from God. It's that way in the spirit realm. When the grace is already on one side, in talking about the battery now, it's already got all the power. Because that grace is also God's love, and God's love never fails. But you got faith that God gave you to grind, to ignite. And if you put your charger on a battery and don't ground it, the car got all the power, but it won't start your car. Unless you connect the ground. How many, how many know a little bit about a battery? Some of y'all still driving car, don't know. But you got to understand, that's how you start the car, right? 
Right, you got a red, you got a, one that has the fire, got a red wire to it, and you got the other one over here, just as important, but it's the ground. That's why you got a battery. One operator, you take the ground off, the other won't start by itself. This is how we've been living. We have the faith, I'm sorry, we got the faith, but we're not using it. Or we don't have it. And then we got a battery fully charged. And we can't go nowhere. So my job today is to show you how to operate in the things of the Spirit. So all I need you to do is write, 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 write. So if I ask you things, you will know who I'm supposed to be. Okay? That's what I need you to do. Now. Listen to what I'm going to say. Because most people cannot walk in the Spirit because they don't understand these things I'm telling you. There are people who cannot walk by faith. I'm going to show you your walk today. But at the same time, I'm going to show you why your walk is so important. When God said walk in love, uh, let me show you a scripture that, 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 uh, that I'm going to get before I get in my message, these two scriptures. I want to go to 1 Timothy 6 and 12. And I'm going to go to Galatians 5 and 6. So you want to put those two things down. Once you get them together, I'm going, I'm going to go to them. You got something that Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 6 and 12. I'm going to read that first. Which one you got up there first? Okay, 1 Timothy 6 and 12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. So when God said fight the good fight of faith, he's not talking about you trying to get something. Fight the good fight of faith means you are in defense of. You already have. That's why I read you that verse. And I'm going to read you a couple more. Ephesians 1 and 3, you can put that down. Romans 8, 32. Those are the things I'm going to show you. See, you already have Christ in you. You already have everything you need. See, what happened is you just don't know how to operate it. And that's what I want you to learn today. So this is a message that I want you to learn. I want you to, 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 to study it on when you get to the podcast, uh, Wise on Facebook, when it gets over here to the podcast. I need you to take this and just get in, get in it. Because this is how you're going to live. I taught you not long ago, the just shall live by his faith. Well, I'm showing you how that's going to do now. This is how you're going to live. God gave you something to live. And I want to show you his love and his faith. And I'm going to show you over and over, over and over and over today. He gave it to you so you can live. All right? Now, it doesn't mean he has not blessed you. He's already done that. But if you don't know how to operate the things of the Spirit... And that's my job.
Okay, here we go. So in 1 Timothy 6, 12, once again says, Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. All right, so Paul was telling Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Now, I want you to understand, it's not you are trying to get something. If I could just say that over and over and over, I would. But you are, you, you are keeping something. So you got to understand, the enemy, not just Satan, but I'm talking about the flesh, other people who teach this, want you to change your mind. Want you to waver. Want you to think that you don't have it. See, I just told you this morning about all, all the promises of God in Christ is yes. Did I just tell you that? All the promises of God is yes, and in him, amen. Amen is what we say to the glory of God. So when you fight the good fight of faith, you're making sure you keep what you got. Hold on to eternal life. Hold on to the word of life. You're going to hear that over and over today. Otherwise, you're not trying to get nothing. You want to make sure you learn how to operate in what you have and nobody take away from what you have. Everybody understand where we're going today? Most people are trying to get. Most people prayer. See, in the Old Testament, they were trying to get. You're not in the Old Covenant. You're not trying to get nothing. Your prayer should not be to get something. You are in defense. You are defending what you have. All right. Now, let, let's go on. Let's go to look at the other one I told you in uh, Galatia 5 and 6, right? In Galatia chapter 5 and verse number 6 is where you should be right now. Galatia chapter 5 and verse number 6 says, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Now, he's telling you what's important. Let me read that out of the uh, Christian study of the Bible. Just that one verse. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6. So in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6, all this other stuff is not important. He's letting you know. Those things are going to pass away. That's why there's only three things going to last forever. Isn't that right? Everybody know what they are, right? Three things remain forever. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 told us. Faith, hope, and love. So you got to understand how to operate in this. This is going to be lasting forever. Eternity. All right. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. I'm reading this out of the, the Christian standard Bible. All right, it says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision accomplish anything. Now you can put there baptism. It doesn't matter. It does not accomplish anything. Why? Because you've already been given everything. See, so that's why when people don't understand grace, grace, you can't add to grace, you can't add to faith, you can't add to love. See, you can't add to, the, to what God already done. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision accomplish 
anything. What matters is faith working through love. So I need you to put that in your notes. Faith working through love. King James used it, faith workers by love. Otherwise, it's love that works your faith. So what happens is we, we got fired our battery. Remember, I'm going to use the battery in your car for an example. The battery have two ends. And we're using that as an example. So if one side of that battery is hot, which is your fire, that's your love. But you got another side that you got to connect before that battery will start. Do everybody understand that? Let, let me talk to the camera because I, I got to have that today. You know what I mean? So if, if, you're, if you're not understanding two words, faith and love, I got to talk to somebody who do. I want you to understand how faith work in you, how God work in you. That's what, that's what I want to do today. Let's go to first, let's go to Philippians. Let's do that. Now, Philippians, we're going to go to chapter two. Philippians chapter number two. I'm going to be doing some other work in Philippians, but right now I want to do the chapter two. I'm going to do the uh, King James Version. Philippians chapter two. And we're going to go to verse 12 through verse 15. I'm going to read that out of King James, then I'm going to read it out of the uh, Christian Standard Bible. All right, that's the only one I'm going to use today. Now watch what it says, Philippians 2, 12 in the King James. You know, wait till you get there. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12. And I want you to understand it's a word that says obey. And we understand in a new covenant, you don't obey to be saved. But because you have the new covenant, you have to obey it. Now to obey it is to believe it. See, it's not like it was in the Old Testament. You don't have to go do nothing in the Old Covenant, in the New Covenant. You're doing something to show God you and obey it. You do what he asks you to do, that's obey. That's walking in the Spirit. He's talking to telling you how to live. When you live right, you obey in God. Everybody understand what I'm getting to here. All right, Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 says, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Now, if I take that out of there, you know, uh, as an English person, you understand that. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have also obeyed, and then skip down to work out your own salvation. Now, he told you how to work your own salvation out. Well, what was the word that I used to work out your salvation? Obeyed. Come on now, y'all got to get it. I, I even took everything out and just went from obey to work. Can you see that? So watch what he says. Wherefore, my beloved, as you has also obeyed, work out your own salvation. Well, how, how did he expect you to work out your salvation? Is by what? Obeying the word. So when the word said walk in the spirit, walk in love, walk by faith, then you do that, you obey in the word. 
How many got? All right. That's what he mean by walking. All right. Now, and when you do that, watch what you're going to be doing. Working out, you'll be working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. As you're walking before the Lord in fear and trembling, you're, walking out, you're working out your own salvation. Well, where's your salvation at? See, what, what we, got to, we got to understand where the salvation is. See, the salvation is not up there somewhere no more. <laughs> Who is so... No, let me go to Psalm 27. Let me go to Psalm 27. We, it, it's going to strike a chord in a minute. I know it's early in the morning. Yeah. Let's go to Psalm 27, verse 1. See, when the Bible says work out your salvation, you got to first know where your salvation at. See, what we end up doing, we end up thinking God's unfaithful because we are praying and calling on the Lord and nothing happening. So either we think the Lord don't hear us or something we're doing wrong. Well, that's what it is. Something you're doing wrong. It's just like, it's just like sitting out in the garage, mad because your car won't start. And I open your thing up. That's what Minister Hayes did this morning. We wondered why we didn't have Wi-Fi. It wasn't plugged up. Hallelujah. So watch this. Psalm 27 and verse 1. Are you there yet? Watch what it says. The Lord is my light. And my salvation. I ask you, who's your salvation? You looked at me like. So if you're going to work out your salvation, you got to first know where your salvation is. Now, where's your salvation? Go to Colossians. You, you still don't know. Go to Colossians chapter 1. Go to Colossians 1, See, you got, you got to get this if you can ever see it. See, you know, all of us got to learn what I'm teaching today. If you don't, you'll get frustrated and you think God doesn't answer prayer. Or you think God is respect of persons. See, we see some people in the Bible and they were, wasn't even saved got healed. And here we are living for the Lord. Got the shundies, got all the shundies. Somebody said hallelujah. I, I saw you doing, taking notes for me, Sister Joy Miller. You, you, you Sister Joy Miller, right? Okay, I want to know, I got these glasses on, I want to make sure. You're going to be taking pastor notes for them, okay? All right, so when I need a note, I'm going to say, Sister Joy, all right. She just designated for the date. Maybe your day to make next service. All right. All right. Now watch this. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 27. To whom God would make known what is the richest of this glory, this richest, the richest of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So I ask you, where's your salvation? In Christ and where's Christ? See, that's what I need. I need you to know that 
Everything you're trying to get God to do is not in heaven. Remember the Bible told you that you got to have Christ to come down. It's not in earth that you got to have him to come up. <laughs> Ain't that right? So you got to understand your salvation is in you. The Lord is my light and my salvation. So God put, he put the battery pack in me. He put the salvation in me. Let me show you another one. First Corinthians, I'm sorry, not first Corinthians, Ephesians 1 and verse 3. I gave this to you earlier, I'm going to do it now. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. So you got to know what God did. God put everything you need in you. You don't have to ask him for nothing. You just need to hang around the door of faith, Pastor Earl O. Crump, and listen to this word on Sundays so you can learn how to live. The just shall live by faith. We're going to show you that in detail. I taught that, but I'm showing you the faith that God gave you is how to operate God's love. God's love operates God's faith. You can't, you can't operate, you can't get what you want in you if you don't walk in love. The battery that's in you won't operate if you don't walk in love. Or if you don't believe. Ooh. So when you believe, it, you operate the faith. When you walk in love, you operate the grace. Are you listening to me? When you walk in the spirit, when you walk in love, you walk it in the grace. Remember, you got to interchange that word grace. When the Bible said, we'll go to that John Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. He's talking about love and faith. Because that's what you got from truth, and that's what you got from grace. You got love, you got faith. But that came by Jesus Christ. You remember, I'm going to take you to, 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 to Galatians 3 and 22, 23, 24. I'm going to show you before faith came, after faith came. So you got to understand grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So these things have come now. They didn't have this in the old covenant. They couldn't live by faith in the old covenant. They had to live by works. Now you can live by the spirit. Why you think God gave you the Holy Ghost? I'm going to be doing a series. Not long from now on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So that's why I'm doing all this on the ministry of, of Paul because Paul got everything from the Holy Spirit. So that's why I'm, I'm doing, doing this this way. And the Holy Ghost has, been, has come to help you. That's all he's going to do. He's not going to do it for you. He has come to empower you. 
So you can't say your battery is not full of power. I'm going to show you that the Holy Ghost in you is God's power. And you ain't short of no power. Look at somebody and say, I got plenty of power. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24, Christ is the power of God. Said it twice in, the, in those chapters. 17, 24. Christ is the power of God. And then Romans 1, 16, 17 told you, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God on the salvation. So you got the gospel of Christ, the power. You got the Holy Ghost, the power. And you have what else? Now, I gave three of them. I just gave you three, and I want to see that you catch on that quick. Nobody heard three things when I said power. That's why I do that. I'm trying to see how you listen. No, I gave you some before the gospel. The Holy Ghost is the power of God. Then I said, who else? Is the, the gospel of Christ is the power of God. And I said, Christ, the power of God, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17 24. Christ, the power of God. See, that's what I'm saying. If you're going to get this, man, you've got to be a listener. You, you got to understand. You think you've been a listener. You put a piece of paper in front of you, and you look at me. That's what you got to do. Because everything God has already done. Ephesians 1 and 3. God has already did everything. He's already done it. All the promises of God in Christ is already done. Amen. That's what you're supposed to be able to say. To the glory of God. Amen. See, God has already done it. All you can do is say amen, right? Amen. Right. But what's happening is we're still trying to get something from God. We got this mentality that we, we got to get it. We got to get something from God. You're not getting it. You already got it. You just got to learn how to operate in it. And God is working in you. And I'm going to show you that just a moment. Watch well, Ephesians 1 and verse 3. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul says, who has past tense blessed us with all, how many? All. Everybody. All. all spiritual blessings in heaven in Christ. So if I'm believing God for healing in my body, where is it? It's already in Christ in me. See, what we end up doing, we end up hearing a verse like this. Every good and perfect gift cometh from above, from the Father of lights, and who, no and who you listen to now? James. But it does come from above, but he's talking about only one man from above. That's Christ. Not out there above. So everything you have in you come from above from Christ who's in you. How many got that? So when I need something from the Lord, 
See, this is why the Apostle Paul gave us 1 Corinthians 15, 10. Let's, I'm going to give you this Ephesians 1 again. It says, blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, do everybody got that? I'm going to go to Romans 8.32 next, because I said that, right? All right, Romans chapter 8, verse 32. See, you got to come to a place that God has already blessed us. He's not, he does not still promise you something. See, you, you out of the will of God when you're saying, you know, God's going to do what he promised. I know the Lord's going to do what he promised. But what did he, prom- what did he do that he did not, what did he promise that he did not do? H- how many hear what I'm saying? He's already done everything he promised. Let me show you something. I gave you this scripture. I'm going to go to Romans 8, 32. Then I'm going to go to Matthew 8, and I'm going to read verse 15 through 17 again. But let's do Romans 8, 32. You enjoying the word? Right. See, that's why I'm gonna have to, I have to have a recorder. Lord showed me Joy Miller. I, I'm serious. He did. All right. Romans 8, 32. Because, see, I saw, him, I saw in the spirit, but I saw where she was sitting last week. It's right here in the second row with the third. Am I right? Well, then, were you right up in there this week? That's why I saw it. And I looked right over there. She was, had moved just a little bit, but I saw it. Then I thought about it. All right. See, I was in prayer this morning, one something for you this morning. There are times God will wake me up through the night. I don't care if it one something in the morning. Say, okay, go, go pray for them now. See, but I'm not praying for God to do something for you. I'm, I'm in thanksgiving. I'm thanking the Lord for everything he done for you. I just want to make sure we're in agreement. I want to make sure we're in agreement. I want to make sure that I'm not thanking him for what he's already done and you already praying to get it. See, I'm over here in Thanksgiving and you over here trying to get it. And that's what most people are trying to do. Trying to get, trying to get it. You're the dispensation of grace. Dispensation of grace, there's no work. Let me say it again. In the dispensation of grace, there is no work. If it was, you could not be, it could not be grace. We gave that in Romans 11 and 6, right? All right, let's move on. We are in Romans 8, 32, right? Romans chapter 8, 32, and let's do 31 and 32 together, I'm sorry. Romans 8, 31 and 32, it says, what shall we say then? All, now, remember, I'm not reading all that up there that God already did. See, the new covenant is always in the past, past tense. So if I read all that up there, everything will tell you what everything has, God already did. So now he says, what shall we say then to those things? What shall we say then to those things? If God be for us, well, we know he's for us, right? Well, who can be against us? And then he said this, if he that spared not his own son. Listen, God sent his own son to the cross. You want to know how bad God wants, you want to talk about God's love? That's his love. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him or crucified him for us all. If God did all this for you already, how shall he not with him? 
freely. See, when he says he blessed you with all things, how can you question that? He's already given you everything. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? I'm going to read that same thing, Romans 8, 31, 32, out of my Christian standard Bible. Romans chapter 8. How many know God had given us all things? See, I can show you another verse says he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge. See, he's already given it to us. You just got to know what God done. You just can't be out here just saying something what you think and expect God to honor it. God's not going to do what you think. Romans chapter 8. You can't, you can't put your will on God. You can't will to God to do something. You can believe what God had done. That's what faith for. Faith is to believe what God has already done. Let me say it again. See, I'm giving you the purpose of faith. The purpose of the faith is to believe. When you have God's faith, you can believe what God has already done for you. If you don't have the faith, you can't believe it. Too good to be true. That's why Jesus said in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, somebody can find that for me. If you can believe, that's why he said that. All things are possible to who? To them that believe. That's why he was talking about it. Now you in that new covenant where you can believe. But how can, why did he say if you can believe? Why did he say if you could? I gave you the answer, then I come back and ask you the question. Why did Jesus say to them, if you could believe? I know, but why did, why, why did he say that? Not, not, what? That's what he was saying, his son. Can you hear that? They didn't have the faith. You had to have the faith to believe. So that's why he said, if you could believe. Mark 9, 23. If you could believe. He know they couldn't believe. Because Deuteronomy told you that, chapter 32 and verse 20. Ain't that right? And Deuteronomy, you can put in your notes. I'm not going to be able to go to Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 20. They were children in whom there were no faith. Why? Because they're in the old covenant. In the old covenant, they did not have faith. Not God's faith. The faith they had was their faith. Be it unto you according to your faith. How many hear what I'm saying? You have his faith. Everything God does in the new covenant, doing the new covenant, he, do, he does it with your faith. His love and your faith. Can you see that? His love and your faith. His grace and your faith. That's the battery. You got to keep the battery in front of you. 
The battery is charged, boy. Love say I never fail. But you still going. Maybe you need to tighten up your end a little bit. Ain't that right? When you ever, ever see it, you'll know it's not God's problem. All right, let's, let's do this. Romans chapter 8. Uh, I gave you verse 31, 32, right? Let's do that again. What shall we say? To, I told you I'm going to read that out of the uh, Christian Standard of the Bible. CSB, if I can just get that up here. All right, Romans chapter 8, verse 32, out of the CSB. Christian Standard of the Bible, okay. See, I like the Christian Standard of the Bible also because it's very, very close to the King James. It doesn't vary off. And when if, I, if I ever find out it does, it's going to be right in there with the NLT. I, 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 I do read different things, but when I see different things, that, that's not what that says. So I put it on the shelf. Verse 32 says, verse 31 says, what? What then? Are we to say, what are we to say about these things? If God, if God is for us, who is against us? He that even spared his own son. He did not. He did not even spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him grant us everything? Everything? Otherwise, if God already gave you his son, well, did he give us everything? Yes, he did, because we saw that in Ephesians 1 and 3. Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly place in Christ. So he gave us all the things, is my point. So if God already has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places, and then in 2 Corinthians, when I read this morning, uh, chapter 1 and verse 20, told us that all the promises of God in Christ is yes, so we can say amen. Are we doing that? Are we still trying to get God to give us something that he promised? That's why your faith ain't working. Because the Holy Ghost is not going to make that happen. He's going he gonna, to he gonna do a course. Did I give you Philippians? Did I go to Philippians 2, 13 already? I said it, but I didn't go to it, right? I didn't do 13, do it. Let's go to Philippians. Let's go to Philippians. In Philippians chapter number 2. Philippians chapter number 2. I read verse 12 and not 13, right? All right, I'm going to read that. We're going to read that the King James Version. Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 12 says, Wherefore, my beloved, as he has always obeyed. Remember that word we were stuck on? Obeyed. I want to show you what that means because I'm going to give you some of those in just a moment. As we always have obeyed. What does it mean to obey? I'm going to show you when God said walk in love. See, we can't not walk in love and expect our faith to work. We can't not believe the word and expect grace to work. 
how many hear what I'm saying? When God said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, what's he talking about? Because it's God that, remember, God doing the work. Faith and love is working together. It's not your faith and not your love. It's God's love and Christ's faith that's in here. Come on, I want you to see this real good. God's love and Christ's faith that operates in us. So if I read to you right now, Philippians, now if I read to you right now, Galatians 2.16 and Galatians 2.20, it would say the faith of the Son of God. Remember I taught that? We are crucified with Christ. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So that faith of the Son of God is what lives in me. And then the Father, grace is in me. His love is in me. See, you got to see the same thing happened when Jesus came. You remember every time Jesus would do something, he would say, it's not I that do it. Right? But it's the Father that lives in me. He do the work. Love do the work. But he was really the faith of God. So how could God could do it through Jesus? Because he knew. He, he believed. He didn't question God's word. So you really saw the Father and the Son working together. Well, that's what you see now. Amen? That's who Christ. Christ is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. See, the Holy Ghost is in you also to help. So you have God's love in you, which is grace. God's faith in you, which you have to believe that operates his faith. And then you have the Holy Ghost in there to make it happen. And the Holy Ghost can't do anything if you don't believe. God, you got the power. There's no shortage on power. I'm going to go through that in Ephesians 1. I'm going to go through that in, 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 uh, in Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to show you both of them. You got, you got the power. But why is it not happening? You got to get this down and put it down and steady it. All right, let me, click, let me cover all the scriptures I got out there, uh, Sister Joy Miller. All right, let's go to Galatia. All right. Galatians chapter 3, what verse? Let's start reading with verse number. Let's go to verse 21. Minister Joe Minister Miller. Let's start off with verse 21. She's really going to know what God showed me out the while. Then. All right. Verse 21. Here we go. Is the law then against the promise of the God? Are you listening to me? Is the law against what? The promises of God. Certainly not. Well, why couldn't we get the promises of God under the law? Don't tell you. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, the promises of God is life. So when God promised, he also promised eternal life. That's under that same promise. 
All right. If there had been a law given, which could have given life, righteousness, that's another promise of God, should have been by the law. But the scripture has concluded all on the sin. Now, when you read that, you got to understand at that time, Jews and Gentiles both was under sin. I didn't say the law. I said sin. Watch this. Go back to Romans. Hold your finger right there. Go to Romans chapter number uh, three and verse nine. Romans chapter three and verse nine. See, you have to know what the word says. It didn't say under the law, but we were still under sin. And you got to understand something. When God saved you, he saved us from sin. Romans chapter 3, verse 9, on the screen, it says, What then? Are we better than they? Is the Jews better than the Gentiles? No, not in any wise. For we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. Hello. See, so when Christ died, he died for our sin. That's why when a man would not receive Christ today, he, he stays under sin. And see, that's why you got to understand when I tell you when a person is not saved, you don't want a man that person because he's under sin and you under grace. Sin has dominion over him. Sin cannot have dominion over you. Romans chapter 3 verse 9. Did you see it again? Let me read it again. Romans 3, 9. So then they that are, I'm sorry. What am I reading? I'm in Galatians. Romans chapter 3 and verse 9 says, What then? Are we better than they? No and no wise. But we have before proved, both Jews and Gentiles, that they are all under sin. So that man's not saved. He's what? He's under sin. Now let's go, we're going to go, we're going to go back to Galatians, but I want to stop there in Romans on the way out. And we're going to look at Romans. And chapter 6 and verse 14. Romans 6, 14. Now Romans 6, 14, go with Romans 3, 9. It says, for sin shall not have dominion over you because you are not under the law. So the only way that man was under sin, they were under the law. The law is over. But you under grace. Now let's go over here and show you how you got under grace. Let's go to Galatia, and let's continue to read. That's verse number 22. He's going to show you how we got under grace. See, if we, if we were not under faith, we could not get the promises. Let me say it again. If we were not under faith, we could not get the promises. So that's why the Lord Jesus Christ had to come and fulfill the law, down the cross, become a curse for us, so he can get us from underneath the law of sin. See, we were, not, we were not under the law, but the law of sin. Just like Romans chapter 8, verse 10, verse 2. Christ came inside of us and delivered us from the law of sin and death. Okay. Now, here in, here in Galatians chapter 3, and verse 22 says, But the scripture has concluded all on the sin, Jews and Gentiles. But watch, but watch what happened. That the promise by faith of Jesus Christ 
might be given to them that believe. So God said, everybody's going to be under, under the law. Under, everybody's going to be up under the law of sin. The wage of sin is death. Everybody's going to be up under it. But watch what happened. When we were all under the law of sin, in verse 22, the promise could not be given to anybody unless they believed. Well, you couldn't believe if you didn't have faith. So the next verse says, but before faith came, we were kept under the law. Shut up. Until the faith which should afterward be revealed. We were not just shut up. We were really shut up in bondage. That's why the song this morning said we're free. That's why. Because we're free from the law of sin and death. Right. But, at, but before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up until the faith which should afterward be revealed. See, the faith I'm talking about had to be revealed, Romans 1, 16 and 17. Revealed when the gospel is preached. Romans 10, 17. It's revealed when the gospel is preached. You can't get this faith by water baptism. You can't get this faith just because you go to church. You have to go somewhere where a man of God who has the revelation of Jesus Christ preaching to you the gospel of Christ, or the gospel of grace, and when you hear the word, you can receive his faith. You can't get it. In verse number 24, wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ so we can be justified by faith. So that's what the law did. The law brought Israel to Christ so they could be justified and made righteous by faith. Because until you're made righteous by faith, you can't get the promises. Let me say it again. Until you've been made righteous by faith, you can't get the promises. The promises only to those who were made righteous by faith. So in verse 25. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under the law. We are no longer under a schoolmaster. Now we are the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. How many can see that now? You could not be a child of God under the law. Nobody were children of God under the law. Nobody. But under the new covenant, you are a child of the living God. You, can, you have the same DNA. You have the same spirit as your father. You have the same faith as your... Some of y'all, come on, stand up on your feet. You have the same faith as your father. You have the same love that's in your father. You have the, everything that's in him is in you. Everything that's in the son is in you. You have the same love that the son has. You have the same faith that the same that the son has. You have the same righteousness that the son has. Everything that's in the son is in you. Woo, that is, that is so good. Come on, clap your hands. Come on, all you need to do, all you need to do is just receive it. Remember, when you hear the word, you got to believe it. You can't believe later down the road somewhere. Come to this camp. First Corinthians chapter 15. Man, this stuff is so good. Thank you for watching our television broadcast. First Corinthians chapter 15. How do you get there? How do you get there? You got to become a believer. 
not just a believer in anything, you got to believe in Christ's death, being resurrection. Because through his death, being resurrection, he finalized Romans 15 and 8. He already finalized the covenant. He closed out the old covenant and gave you a new one. And before he could do that, he had to fulfill every jot and every tittle of God's law. He had to fulfill the whole covenant. Then he had to die on the cross and become, become a curse so we can become a blessing. Everything God has already done, but you got to believe. You can't believe unless you get God's faith. Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which you also have received, and where you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain. Paul said, I preach to you, I deliver to you first of all, that which I also received, I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and that he was buried, and that God raised him from the dead the third day according to the scripture. When you can believe that Christ died for your sins, he was buried and God raised him from the dead. Because of that, God gives you his faith, he gives you his spirit, he makes you his own child. Somebody give him praise in this place. Hey, my time is up. I thank you for yours and the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.